Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Transformative Teaching and Facet at IU podcast. And I'm Michael Maroney, your host and the director of Facet. And today we have with us Demetra Andrews, who is a clinical associate professor at IUPUI in the School of Business, Kelly School of Business. Um, she's in the marketing department. And Demetra, welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we're really glad you could join us. Uh, usually I would have Katie Metz here with us. Uh, she's my, my co-host and uh, she's like the statewide selection committee chair, but uh, she had she had other engagements, family engagements, which uh, which trumped trumped uh, her being able to be here today. But uh, we're I'm super excited you were, you were able to join us. Um, we're we're kind of we're kind of colleagues in the school of business. I'm down here down here at Kelly in, in Bloomington, and I've been here for a long time. Um, and I'm super excited to hear about uh, your teaching up at IUPUI and kind of what what it is excites you about spring. Um, so particularly if you teach first year students, okay, do you teach first years? I do. I teach okay. first year students. I teach everybody. I teach first year students. Okay. I've got seniors, juniors. I've even got one kind of executive class this semester. Oh, okay, you've got you got the full the full I've range. I've got them all. <laughs> yeah. So, it, 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 and I, I find that when it is first year students, that that fall, uh, the way the students are when they come in in the fall, and the way they are in spring, so like it's like you said, it's like it's like night and day. The, the, the kind of attitude. What what kind of jumps out at, at you and and the differences you see? Oh, the differences really are that in the fall, yes, they're it, it's it's almost like they're little baby deer and they're trying to figure out how to stand and how to run. Um, and some of them come in and they're so confident, but they have to relearn things, which is can be exciting for them or frustrating. And so I do spend a lot more time in the fall just coaching people on how to be a good student. We still do a lot of that for the freshmen and sophomores. We get a lot of transfers in the spring. And we still do a lot of that, um, but most of the time they're not brand new to college uh, in the spring. So there's less talking about how to be a college student and more discussion of how to be successful in Kelly or how to be successful at IUPUI, which is probably larger than the school that they transferred from. And of course, in the spring, I have um seniors and juniors in uh, my marketing classes and so i it's really trying to build up their knowledge and their confidence so that they're ready to go out so it's kind of a good mix <laughs> of people good mix of foci kind, kind of kind of like a different challenge in a way with both of them and it, i i I'm a, i mean it requires you to kind of come in and and, and you have to be different with both of those those groups, right? I mean, what would you see is kind of what you do that's kind of different with the different level students? Yeah, it is a very different focus. When I talk to my freshman and sophomore students, I am kind of like their, their extended family. I am the person who says, no, my dear, that is pink eye. You should go to the clinic. That is not. <laughs> I am the person who sits down and talks with them about a lot of a lot more personal issues because their challenges when they're freshmen and sophomore are, are a lot about just how do I do this college thing. Uh, so we talk a lot more about how to take care of themselves and how to stay healthy and how to look at things the right way so that they're not getting depressed or they de develop some resilience. So I do a lot of uh, almost mothering. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> you know, when you're talking about freshmen and sophomore, these are other people's children. And then when I am working with my juniors, it's always about keeping them motivated and showing them the value of taking a marketing analytics course, even though they think that they're not, you know, interested in this elective, but they they need it. So it's really about showing them that this is valuable and that there are different on-ramps for them. And with the seniors, quite honestly, it's always about helping them to develop that holistic view of marketing again, because they have gone, they've taken intro, you know, when they took i and then they took a bunch of different electives and their focus got kind of, you know, it shifted into, it fractured, that's what I'll call it, it fractured. And so they come into marketing strategy, the capstone course for marketing. And a lot of times they're, they're not really sure have they, whether they've learned enough. And so their kind of their confidence can waver, not across, not everybody, but they're not really sure. Like, have I learned enough? Oh, I didn't take that elective. Do I know enough to go out and really do this job? So part of what I do is help them to bring that focus back in, be, get that holistic view of marketing back again and see that they do know enough to be, you know, valuable to an organization that yes, you have learned enough to go out and be valuable. So it's really to help them put that focus back together, have that overall view of marketing again and see kind of like, okay, I did learn a lot of the pieces that I need to go out and be successful. So that's a lot of what I do. Yeah, I I, I really enjoy the way you're uh, framing this. I mean, so much from the student perspectives and, and the way the students are. I mean, it sounds like you're like really a student-centered, learner-centered um instructor and 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 I'm kind of curious so with these different student audiences do your teaching styles change no, very much yeah. so when I teach yeah when I teach the um the first year students when I teach those classes first of all they my classes tend to be big the first year students um there we're talking about 100 200 students and so it's a lot of lecture and things and activities that you can do in a big lecture hall. So we have a lot of turn pair share, find your team. Uh, I'm coaching a lot in terms of you can do this. So there's a lot more of, of just me working with them, interacting with them, trying to learn, you know, hundreds of names to make them feel like this is a place where you belong, but teaching them that you can do this. You can continue on. You're, we know you're smart. Um, and building them back up when things don't go well. When we get to my juniors and seniors, they know that how to do college. That's how they got there. So I can actually become more of a partner than I am, you know, in terms of their independent coach, let me help you figure this out. And it's really more of a partner. They know where they're headed, what they're trying to do, where they want to go in most cases. I'm sorry, we're going to have to, that's my dog in the back. <laughs> but my students, my juniors and seniors know a lot more about what they want to do and where they want to go. They sometimes need a little bit more clarification. So I try to become more of a partner in their education. I love the fact that they come in with their experiences. They can share those experiences. Um, and so we're, the class becomes more collaborative, that we're talking together, they're sharing experiences, and that changes then the narrative a little bit in the classroom as we can all talk about, well, this is how it worked out at this company, and this is how, you know, whatever we're talking about played out. If we're talking about data, 
what kind of data have you worked with and what were you doing with it and how was it different to analyze qualitative data versus quantitative data and that really makes the class exciting because they're hearing from each other and that's at the same time they're learning how to interact with other marketing professionals so it's been really it's it's good because i can turn over the reins a little bit more when we talk about the juniors and seniors and let them learn from each other as much as from me. And so that has been, that's, it's really refreshing to see yeah, things yeah. from their perspective. And they're of course, very different from my doctors. I teach some doctors and uh, physicians leadership class. It's associated mm -hmm. with the business of medicine program. And there you've got experts, right? These are, <laughs> these are yeah. medical doctors, but they're learning about business. And so it's it's um it's a bit of a challenge because I'm trying to take marketing and focus on the customer into a space where the customers are very unique. Yeah. They're patients in many cases, sometimes other physicians. So they're either experts, other physicians using services, or they are patients who are very much novices and trying to get these doctors who are either in leadership positions or on a leadership track to think about how to change the service when they don't control everything. Mm, that's can't control the prices, can't control what the rest of the team is doing, but they're always trying to improve the patient experience. And so we're always looking at different ways, like how do you create value uh, when you control one piece of the puzzle and your receiver of the service is a novice. <laughs> so is this is this like are you using case-based kind of teaching in those situations or at, well, what's your approach? In those situations, I do project-based. So we okay. have some of our instructors do case use cases. I do project-based. So I focus a lot on helping them to understand what services marketing is and then mm -hmm. getting them focused on creating their own customer or in this case patient profiles understanding like who are the different patients that you serve and then we go in and we use software and we create patient personas and they have they do interviews and they talk to their teams and they talk to the patients and they do surveys mm -hmm. they learn how to do okay. surveys and most of them already know how to do surveys, but they develop them. They have to dig around and find out, you know, how they do marketing. Where does the marketing come from? Who's in charge of it? And yeah. that's usually eye-opening. And then we build in a, we create a, a patient journey map. Well, what was okay. the process that they, that the patient or the customer, if it's another physician employed to get access to your service and where are the pain points what are the touch mm -hmm. points and which one of these can we improve and the goal is always in that class for them to walk away with clear ideas of something that they can improve and we've seen some really good improvements to processes that can boost customer satisfaction ratings or boost uh are are likely to increase referrals to their facilities so that's been good so it's like it's experiential learning. It's it's very real world. <laughs> very much real world. Very real world. Yeah, yeah I, so I'm curious. Um, when did you decide? Hey, teaching is the thing I want to do. How did you decide that? That uh, was a long time coming. <laughs> so I worked in industry in mark in finance and in marketing um, for 12 years. So I might 
um, undergraduate degrees in marketing. So I was working in marketing and I went back and got an MBA and I started in finance and moved over to marketing. Um, but I kind of worked for Oh, Mobile Oil, American Airlines, United Airlines, <laughs> and in marketing and finance. Okay. And I got to a point where I just thought I needed to do something that I, that was going to be what I considered more impactful. And um, so I left United Airlines and I started a company. So I moved back to Houston, which is where I'm from. And I started a company called Future Plan Incorporated, and we provided college and career services um to school districts so my job so I would go out to school districts and I created an entire book like a six-week program this is a big shift yeah it was a huge shift but I I just kind of thought like well what what do I know that I could help people do and I said I can help young people figure out which path that they need to be on and the earlier you figure that out the more you can prepare yourself and the more unique value you can offer and so I created this this program it's a book a whole giant six-week program with games that I copy wrote a copyright and all kinds of things and I would go into school and get appointments with uh, different people in different school districts and sell the program and so um, I enjoyed that. I had I hired a number of contract trainers. <laughs> so they would go in and they would just follow the program. And some of the classes I taught, I did teach a number of them. And we worked with school districts. We worked with churches. Um, my biggest contract was with um, uh, Star of Hope Mission, which uh, had um, students or, or had people who were homeless, temporarily homeless. Um, and so, but they there were children in these centers, and so this was really about kind of boosting them up, rebuilding their confidence, putting them on a more definitive track. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but I had always thought about getting a PhD, and I was still getting emails and from the and cards, reminder cards from the PhD projects. Mm, uh, okay. So, so I went back. To, I had gone to a PhD project conference, and when I was, I went back. Um, I thought, you know, maybe I could do this, but I don't know. I've got this business going, and I remember one of the people on my board of directors said to me, and she said, "Okay, you've been talking about getting this PhD and potentially going back. You've been talking about it for years." She said, "You know, in five years, do you want to still be talking about it or have the PhD? What are we doing?" Good advice. Good question. <laughs> And so that was it. I thought, uh, yeah, in five years, I think I'd like to be done <laughs> with this yeah. with this degree. And um, so that's what I did. I went back. I got the got this doctorate, and that started me on my career in academia. So I feel like I'm still doing a lot of the same thing. I'm yeah. still helping people to find their path, uh, which is what I think is what I was meant to do. I help people to find their path. Um, sometimes the freshmen, sometimes the sophomores, seniors, exec, but I'm helping them to create new paths for themselves, new success paths through lecture, experiential learning, or just figuring out um, what they enjoy, getting, giving them time and space to explore different techniques and not be afraid of learning something new. So making it more accessible for them. Yeah, that's... Um... To me, that's really interesting to go from the kind of the real hardcore corporate America experience to 
this entrepreneurial um it, it's almost like a nonprofit, but it's not a nonprofit because it's got like that that like helping people lift themselves up to then actually ending up in a public institution teaching <laughs> in, a, in, in a business class. I mean, that's such three very different um phases of life. I assume that they were all very rewarding uh in, in their own way. I mean, what were some what were some of the things uh, that you found most rewarding kind of in each of those each of those parts of your life? Well, I, and this will, the common theme will show up. So some of the most rewarding things in industry were really helping my team members. So when I helping my the people who reported to me, helping them to get promoted. And now I became known for this. Like I tended to okay. hire people who were really smart. So about once I became a manager, I tended to hire people who were really smart. And they were probably known as being perhaps um difficult to manage <laughs> because they were so smart they were so yeah. capable they were innovative and uh the way i would work with them was i would say okay fine i can see that you're smart you've got lots of great ideas but i need you to do certain things and my goal will be to get you promoted out of here in 18 months and that would be the commitment we would make they would work really hard and I would work really hard on making sure they were in the succession plan that we could highlight and showcase their capabilities. And inevitably, they they got promoted. That was the goal, that they mm -hmm. were going to be with me. We would do great things. <laughs> we would all get pats on the back, and they would walk away with a promotion. So when I was a manager, I would try to get my analysts promoted out as, their, as managers in their own right. And I remember having uh, an interesting conversation with my director at the time and uh <laughs> we had done something we had done an analysis that he was not happy with and uh he was kind of telling us it was me and the analyst and he was telling us uh that he didn't like the uh the <laughs> analysis and um i said okay okay so we all left and everything and i kind of calmed the analyst down not a problem just do this just work on that it'll be fine and then i went back to him and i said okay i appreciate the candid the candor, but um, the very next time you talk to me like that in front of my analysts, you're going to get to manage them. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> so, and they are very challenging to manage because they are so smart. You know, <laughs> so I say, it's not a problem if we messed this up, we didn't give you what you wanted, but just tell me and let me tell them, but don't undermine the credibility because right, they're hard right. to manage. And so that was kind of a telling moment. And he and I finally came to an understanding. And he said, okay, I, I hear you. And after that, we became friends. So, <laughs> so, okay. so it was really good for my analysts to kind of say, okay, it's fine, you know, but also good for me. Um, that was a moment when I thought, you know, I can do this. I can work with people and coach and help everybody. So that was a good moment. Those were some good moments there, but I liked helping my team member, the people who agreed to work for me, my goal would be to help to lift them up. And then okay. working in um, with the future plan, actually starting that company, the best moment for me would be when uh, working with the Star of Hope mission. Again, we have students and most of them were minority, you know, underrepresented minority students. Mm -hmm. And they were, you know, in a situation where they were homeless, they were living in the mission so they're living in a facility you know where their mother and they're you know they have a room or a set of rooms 
and it's very demoralizing, right? It's demotivating. And so to actually find ways to build them up, have them to have something to look forward to. They weren't the kids who didn't have a home. They were the kids who were going back to this to this after school program that was special and it was for them and not everybody got to go mm-hmm. and, and do play these learning games and figure out teamwork and explore careers when they were middle school students. And so my biggest thrill there was at the end of the, of the uh, program, we invited all the parents uh, to come and to hear from their students what they had learned and just to see the parents happy and clapping and taking pictures, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it was a graduation. So that yeah, was yeah. really good to see like, okay, you know, we've done, we've done something good. We've kind of put kids on a better track to say that what you're going through is temporary, but you can I, I, One of the things I really like about that is it, 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 that, that, so the kids are, are, are having this experience um, where they feel successful, but um, I'm also hearing that the parents were also kind of reveling in that and celebrating that. And that kind of probably was a morale booster for the whole mission that wherever you were doing this program. It was, it was because yeah, you're having people going through some really rough times and suddenly they're like my, you know, my child is coming back and talking to me about these things. And I wish I had known this. I might not be in this situation had I realized where, uh, what we, you know, what was available, what was possible. Because a lot of what, what we figured out uh, in terms of teaching these classes um, was that Young people, you know, have a short-term focus because they're because they're very young. They just haven't experienced a lot of life yet. But the challenge becomes that they the decisions you make today, and we know this because we're not young. <laughs> we're we're youngish. We're young at heart. But <laughs> the, <laughs> the decisions you make today open or close doors in the future. And so a lot of what I would do with the young people would be to get them to take a longer term focus. And so we focused a lot on early on, on what do you want in life? They want a house, you know, they want a car. There's a lot of material things that they didn't have that they would like, or they want travel. They want to be able to help their parents. They want, they wanted things. And we would start pulling, putting dollar figures on them. Well, how much does this house cost? How many bedrooms? What kind of a car is it? How much does that cost? And we would just literally spend the first session just calculating how much all of these things would cost you on a monthly basis. So what kind of a job do you need? Yeah. How are you bringing this in? And we would inevitably track it back to uh, a a position that requires a college degree, an undergraduate right. degree, or a graduate degree. And we say, now, this is why education is so important. What you want requires you to become educated so that you can access all of these different opportunities and different rewards. And anytime they would come to the sessions and, you know, be unfocused, be acted up, I would say, okay, I pull the sheet back out, <laughs> post it and say, okay, what are we giving up? What are we this giving up? This is what up? you said you wanted. <laughs> so what are we crossing off the list? <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> which, which is hilarious, but it worked because I was like, I you, know, you don't want to learn how to do this. So let's say, like, what are we, what are we giving up? And then that would get them to refocus. Like, okay, no, I don't want to give anything <laughs> up. So I had to be, you know, in that situation, it would just be to, to see young people 
focus in earlier on on what they wanted and become kind of aware that oh this is not as hard as i thought i can do this i can do this and and have a lot of people can do it why not me right yes exactly exactly that this and you know if i'm going through a rough time that this is temporary you know that they could go wherever they wanted that and education was going to be the way that they their way forward and so uh so we would talk and get them ready in terms of what what scholarships are available and things like that so and now in college i tell you (laughs) there are some really good moments my goodness in college was when my freshman students and the you know are there and they come in eager they're ready to go that's why they're there some of them come in smart eager to learn but they're not really sure where they're headed um many of them come in with an idea that they're headed in one path and maybe they it, it goes in a different path because they learn so much new stuff but for the with the freshmen it's when the light comes on and they figure out that they can be a good student, that they they can do this college thing well. And mm-hmm. uh, we work with the BEPCO Learning Center with peer mentors. I have two TAs, one uh, who is going a traditional path in accounting and finance, and she's done, done all the internships. The other who is an entrepreneur, uh, he's an honor student and slash entrepreneur. He runs a business and that's what he's going to do after school is he's been running this business for some time. And to give the students kind of this perspective that you can define your path. We're not going to tell you how to be the best you, but you are going to define the best you. You're going to define this path. And that has been really good to see them kind of become aware that they are in control of this, that Mm -hmm. they do get to choose what kind of student they want to be, what opportunities they want to have. And so I do a little bit of the still kind of like, okay, you didn't do well on this quiz. What are we giving up? (laughs) What are we giving up? (laughs) So it's been really good. And to see my seniors for, for the last, oh my goodness, last few years, I have been for Kelly graduation in Indy. I have been the person who helps the seniors walk up the stairs to the okay. platform, That's which is my running role. joke. Yeah, <laughs> my my running joke is I'm helping these seniors, yeah. <laughs> you know, make it up the platform. But it has been amazing because I see them when they're freshmen, many of them, and I see them when they leave. So I get to kind of see them full circle. As you can imagine, there's an awful lot of hugging and things that are happening before they venture up the stairs. Are they going to, are they going to keep you in that role? Are they going to say, Oh, Demetra, she's hugging everybody. It's taking forever. (laughs) I am now requesting that role. I request that role because I enjoy it and they kind of like, oh my gosh, it's you. Yeah. Because if they don't yeah. take marketing classes, I'm they are not going to be in another class with me. And so it is amazing to see people um, that I've helped um, and people who come away and say, oh, the best part of my education was the business um, alumni um panel that you put together and we bring in uh-huh. alumni and they get and they talk about how they got to their careers and they're networking oh that was the best part you know <laughs> it's not all i know i get it it's not always the best part but when they see me that was the best part of their experience with me so it's really good 
Demetra, that, th those are some great stories that you shared with us. I, I really appreciate it. It's been awesome having you uh, on the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you uh, later this later this year at, at our retreat. And um, I hope you have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on Transformative Teaching on the IU Facet Podcast. <laughs>